Welcome to an explanation of the faith as it accompanies Luther's small catechism. The nature of the sacrament of the altar. What is the sacrament of the altar? It is the true body and blood of our Lord Jesus Christ under the bread and wine, instituted by Christ himself for us Christians to eat and to drink. Where is this written? The holy evangelists Matthew, Mark, Luke, and St. Paul write, Our Lord Jesus Christ, on the night when he was betrayed, took bread, and when he had given thanks, he broke it and gave it to his disciples and said, Take, eat, this is my body which is given for you, this do in remembrance of me. In the same way also he took the cup after supper, and when he had given thanks, he gave it to them, saying, Drink of it, all of you. This cup is the New Testament in my blood, which is shed for you for the forgiveness of sins. This do, as often as you drink it, in remembrance of me. Just before he died, Jesus gave Christians a holy meal to eat and drink, his true body and blood, in and under the bread and wine. What might people think when they hear Christians say they are eating Christ's body and drinking his blood in the Lord's Supper? Read Matthew 26, verses 17-30. through 30. Why did Jesus establish the Lord's Supper? How is the sacrament connected with Jesus' death? As Christians, we confess that we receive the very body and blood of Christ in, with, and under the bread and wine, in our hands and in our mouths. This is a profound wonder and unexplainable mystery. Jesus wants to be with me and within me. See John 17, verse 26. In the sacrament of the altar, he gives himself to me and pledges never to leave me or forsake me. Question 348. Who instituted the sacrament of the altar? Jesus Christ, who is true God and true man, instituted this sacrament. 1 Corinthians 11, verses 23 and 24. For I received from the Lord what I also delivered to you, that the Lord Jesus, on the night when he was betrayed, took bread, and when he had given thanks, he broke it and said, This is my body, which is for you. Do this in remembrance of me. Question 349. What does Christ give us in the sacrament? Christ gives us his own true body and blood for the forgiveness of sins. Matthew 26, verses 26-28. Now, as they were eating, Jesus took bread, and after blessing it, broke it and gave it to the disciples and said, Take, eat, this is my body. And he took a cup, and when he had given thanks, he gave it to them, saying, Drink of it, all of you, for this is my blood of the covenant, which is poured out for many for the forgiveness of sins. Question 350. Why do we take the words, This is my body, and this is my blood, at face value? Only our Lord's words establish the sacrament. They are to be taken at face value, to mean what they say, because of the following. A. These words are spoken by Christ our Lord, the Word to whom all authority in heaven and earth is given, and through whom the universe came into existence. John 1, verses 1-3. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was in the beginning with God. All things were made through Him, and without Him was not anything made that was made. Hebrews 11, verse 3. By faith we understand that the universe was created by the word of God, so that what is seen was not made out of things that are visible. b. These are the words of a special covenant or testament spoken on the eve of his death, 
and no person's last will and testament may be changed once that person has died. 1 Corinthians 11, verse 25. In the same way also he took the cup after supper, saying, This cup is the new covenant in my blood. Do this as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. Galatians 3, verse 15. To give a human example, brothers, even with a man-made covenant, no one annuls it or adds to it once it has been ratified. Read Hebrews 9, verses 15 through 22, about the importance of a testamentary covenant that takes effect at the time the one who makes it dies, a last will and testament. C. These words of Jesus recall God's covenant with Israel in Exodus 24, verses 1 through 11. Then, the blood of the covenant was thrown against the altar and on the people, giving access to God, so that the elders of the people of Israel beheld God and ate and drank in his presence. In the Lord's Supper, we receive Christ's true blood of the covenant, or testament, and in it the forgiveness of sins and communion with God. Exodus 24, verse 8. Moses took the blood and threw it on the people and said, Behold the blood of the covenant that the Lord has made with you in accordance with all these words. D. God's word clearly teaches that in the sacrament the bread and wine are a communion, or participation, in the body and blood of Christ. 1 Corinthians 10, verse 16. The cup of blessing that we bless, is it not a participation in the blood of Christ? The bread that we break, is it not a participation in the body of Christ? E. God's word clearly teaches that those who misuse the sacrament sin not against bread and wine, but against the body and blood of Christ. 1 Corinthians 11, verses 27 and 29. Whoever therefore eats the bread or drinks the cup of the Lord in an unworthy manner will be guilty concerning the body and blood of the Lord. For anyone who eats and drinks without discerning the body eats and drinks judgment on himself. Question 351. What are the earthly elements Jesus uses in the sacrament? Jesus uses bread and wine. Matthew 26, verses 26 and 27. Now as they were eating, Jesus took bread, and after blessing it, broke it and gave it to the disciples and said, Take, eat, this is my body. And he took a cup, and when he had given thanks, he gave it to them, saying, Drink of it, all of you. 1 Corinthians 11, verses 27 and 29. Whoever therefore eats the bread or drinks the cup of the Lord in an unworthy manner will be guilty concerning the body and blood of the Lord. For anyone who eats and drinks without discerning the body eats and drinks judgment on himself. The expression fruit of the vine in Luke 22 verse 18 in the Bible means wine, not merely grape juice. See also 1 Corinthians 11 verse 21. Question 352. How then are the bread and wine in the sacrament the body and blood of Christ? By the power of Christ's almighty word, he gives us his true body and blood in, with, and under the consecrated bread and wine. This union of the bread with his body and the wine with his blood is called a sacramental union. 1 Corinthians 10 verse 16 The cup of blessing that we bless, is it not a participation in the blood of Christ? The bread that we break... Is it not a participation in the body of Christ? Note, the mystery of the presence of Christ's body and blood in the Lord's Supper is often expressed using the words in, with, and under the bread and wine. The word in reminds us that where the bread and wine is, there is the body and blood of Christ. The word with reminds us that with the bread and wine, we receive the body and blood of Christ. 
and the word under reminds us that the body and blood of Christ are hidden, yet present, under bread and wine, since bread and wine still continue to exist. Question 353. Do all communicants receive the body and blood in the sacrament, whether or not they believe? Yes, because Christ's word, not our faith, establishes his bodily presence in the sacrament. However, only those who believe receive it to their blessing. 1 Corinthians 11, verse 27. Whoever, therefore, eats the bread or drinks the cup of the Lord in an unworthy manner will be guilty concerning the body and blood of the Lord. Question 354. What does Christ command when he says, This do in remembrance of me? Christ commands in these words that this sacrament be administered in his church until the last day. In this sacrament, His saving death is proclaimed, and the fruits of His atonement are distributed for the forgiveness of sins. This is done as bread and wine are consecrated with our Lord's words, the words of institution, distributed to the communicants, and eaten and drunk. Jesus' command is to do this, includes all these aspects of the Lord's Supper. In an assembly of Christians, bread and wine are taken, consecrated, distributed, received, eaten, drunk, and the Lord's death is shown forth at the same time. 1 Corinthians 11, verse 26. For as often as you eat this bread and drink the cup, you proclaim the Lord's death until he comes. Question 355. Why is this sacrament called the sacrament of the altar? We speak of the sacrament of the altar because an altar is the place of sacrifice. Jesus sacrificed his body and blood on the cross for the sins of the whole world. The table, from which the fruits of Jesus' sacrifice are distributed in the church, is called the altar. At the altar, we are not repeatedly offering Jesus' body and blood, but rather receiving his body and blood as the once-for-all sacrifice for the forgiveness of sins. Hebrews 10, verses 12 and 13. But when Christ had offered for all time a single sacrifice for sins, he sat down at the right hand of God waiting from that time until his enemies should be made a footstool for his feet. Note, Jesus gave the Lord's Supper while eating the Passover with his disciples. His selection of the Passover for the first Lord's Supper connects it with Israel's history, showing that now God's redemptive purpose in Israel is fulfilled. The blood of the New Covenant, or Testament, replaces the blood sacrifice covenant of the Old Testament. See Matthew 26, verse 28. Jeremiah 31, verse 31, and 1 Corinthians 11, verse 25. Since Jesus' sacrifice on Golgotha is the complete sacrifice for the sins of all people. See Hebrews 10, verses 12 through 14. Question 356. Why are Jesus' words always spoken over the bread and the wine by the pastor? Without Jesus' words, there would be no sacrament, for it is by the power of his word that he gives us his body and blood. In the administration of the Holy Supper, the words of institution are to be publicly spoken or sung before the congregation distinctly and clearly. They should in no way be left out. For the elements of bread and wine should be consecrated or blessed for this holy use, so that Christ's body and blood may be administered to us. This indeed happens in no other way than through the repetition and recitation of the words of institution. 1 Corinthians 10, verse 16. The cup of blessing that we bless, 
is it not a participation in the blood of Christ? The bread that we break, is it not a participation in the body of Christ? Luke 21 verse 33, heaven and earth will pass away, but my words will not pass away. Question 357. Are communicants to receive both the body and the blood of Christ in the sacrament? Yes, all communicants should receive both the consecrated bread and cup, since Christ said, Take, eat, this is my body, drink of it, all of you. Matthew 26, verses 26 and 27. Now as they were eating, Jesus took bread, and after blessing it, broke it and gave it to the disciples and said, Take, eat, this is my body. And he took a cup, and when he had given thanks, he gave it to them, saying, Drink of it, all of you. Question 358. How often are we to receive the sacrament? Christ has not specified a particular timetable, but invites us to come often to the sacrament on account of the gifts he bestows here and our own great need. In the New Testament, the sacrament was a regular and major feature of congregational worship, not an occasional extra. Acts 2.42, Acts 20, verse 7, 1 Corinthians 11, verse 20, and 1 Corinthians 11, verse 33. This practice continued in the church, and in Reformation times, our church celebrated the sacrament every Lord's Day and on other festivals. Question 359. Do the bread and wine merely symbolize the body and blood of Christ? No. Although this is the teaching of many Protestant churches, Jesus' own words clearly identify the bread as his body and the wine as his blood. We take Jesus' words, This is my body, my blood, to mean what they say. 1 Corinthians 11, verses 24 and 25. And when he had given thanks, he broke it and said, This is my body, which is for you. Do this in remembrance of me. In the same way also he took the cup after supper, saying, This is the new covenant in my blood. Do this as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. Question 360. Do Christ's body and blood in the sacrament replace the bread and the wine, so that the bread and the wine only appear to be there? No, the scriptures testify that the bread and wine remain in the sacrament. Communicants eat and drink both bread and wine, and the Lord's true body and blood in the Lord's Supper. 1 Corinthians 11, verse 26. For as often as you eat this bread and drink the cup, you proclaim the Lord's death until he comes. Note, the Roman Catholic Church teaches that Christ's body and blood replace the bread and the wine. The theory of transubstantiation. Many Protestant or evangelical churches teach that the bread and the wine in the Lord's Supper are not Christ's true body and blood, but only symbols. The Lutheran Church simply accepts what Christ says, that the consecrated bread and wine are his body and blood for the forgiveness of sins. We believe, teach, and confess that in the Holy Supper, Christ's body and blood are truly and essentially present, and that they are truly distributed and received with the bread and the wine. Question 361. Are the body and blood of Christ in the sacrament sacrificed again to God for the sins of the living and the dead? No. The body and blood of Christ in the sacrament are the complete sacrifice offered to God once for all on the cross and are now distributed to us in the sacrament together with all the blessings and benefits that this sacrifice has won for us. 1 Corinthians 5 verse 7. Cleanse out the old leaven that you may be a new lump as you really are unleavened. For Christ, our Passover lamb, has been sacrificed.
Hebrews 10, verse 14 and 17 and 18. For by a single offering he has perfected for all time those who are being sanctified. He adds, I will remember their sins and their lawless deeds no more. Where there is forgiveness of these, there is no longer any offering for sin. The Benefit of the Sacrament of the Altar Second, what is the benefit of this eating and drinking? These words, given and shed for you for the forgiveness of sins, shows us that in the sacrament, forgiveness of sins, life, and salvation are given us through these words. For where there is forgiveness of sins, there is also life and salvation. In the sacrament, we receive a great treasure, the forgiveness of sins. Our Lord's words assure us that this treasure is passed along and made our very own when we receive his body and blood. Why is forgiveness such a treasure and something we should earnestly desire? Read Exodus 12, verses 1-14. through 14. How did the Passover meal and the blood of the Lamb benefit Israel? How does the meal of Christ's body and blood benefit us? As Christians, we confess that the forgiveness of sins won by the death of Jesus on the cross is now delivered to us in the body and blood of Christ. This is the most important gift that we can receive. This forgiveness sets me free from my sinful past, in which death and the tyranny of Satan were my only future. Christ's body and blood give me a new life and a new future every day. Question 362. What is the benefit promised in the sacrament? A. The forgiveness of sins which Christ won when he suffered in his body on the cross and shed his blood to redeem us is now promised in his body and blood given to us to eat and to drink. Hebrews 10 verse 10. And by that will we have been sanctified through the offering of the body of Jesus Christ once for all. 1 Peter 2:24. He himself bore our sins in his body on the tree, that we might die to sin and live to righteousness. By his wounds you have been healed. Matthew 26, verse 28. This is my blood of the covenant, which is poured out for many for the forgiveness of sins. 1 John 1, verse 7. The blood of Jesus his Son cleanses us from all sin. Note. Read Leviticus 17, verses 10 through 14. It is significant that in the Old Testament, God strictly forbids the eating of blood under the penalty of death, for the life of the flesh is in the blood. Yet in establishing the Lord's Supper, the Son of God gives us his blood to drink for the forgiveness of our sin. This is another indication that the Lord who institutes this sacrament is true God. It also demonstrates that in Christ's blood we are forgiven and now share in his life. Also see 1 Peter 1, verses 18 and 19, and Hebrews 9, verses 11 through 14 and verse 22. b. Where sin is forgiven, there is life with God now and salvation everlasting. John 6, verses 32 and 33. Jesus then said to them, Truly, truly, I say to you, it was not Moses who gave you the bread from heaven, but my Father gives you the true bread from heaven. For the bread of God is he who comes down from heaven and gives life to the world. John 6, verse 40. For this is the will of my Father, that everyone who looks on the Son and believes in him should have eternal life, and I will raise him up on the last day. Hebrews 12, verses 22 to 24. But you have come to Mount Zion and to the city of the living God, the heavenly Jerusalem, and to innumerable angels in festal gathering and to the assembly of the firstborn who are enrolled in heaven, 
and to God, the judge of all, and to the spirits of the righteous made perfect, and to Jesus, the mediator of the new covenant, and to the sprinkled blood that speaks a better word than the blood of Abel. Note, here in the sacrament you are to receive from the lips of Christ forgiveness of sin. It contains and brings with it God's grace and the Spirit with all his gifts, protection, shelter, and power against death and the devil and all misfortune. C. As Christ gives us victory over sin and Satan in the sacrament, he strengthens us for new life in him. Romans 8 verse 10. But if Christ is in you, although the body is dead because of sin, the spirit is life because of righteousness. 1 Peter 2 verse 24. He himself bore our sins in his body on the tree, that we might die to sin and live to righteousness. By his wounds you have been healed. 1 John 3 verse 8. The reason the Son of God appeared was to destroy the works of the devil. Question 363. Why should Christians be encouraged to receive the sacrament frequently? A. Jesus invites and urges us to come. Matthew 26 verse 26. Take, eat, this is my body. B. We need the comfort and strength of Christ's forgiveness for living our new life while we are assaulted by the devil and struggle with our sinful nature. Matthew 26 verse 28. This is my blood of the covenant, which is poured out for many for the forgiveness of sins. C. We are united with Christ and our fellow believers in this sacrament. 1 Corinthians 10 verse 17. Because there is one bread, we who are many are one body, for we all partake of the one bread. D. As Christ has given himself to us so completely with his body and blood, so too the sacrament strengthens us to give ourselves in sacrificial love and service to the neighbor. John 15 verse 12. This is my commandment, that you love one another as I have loved you. Note. The sacrament is a pure, wholesome, comforting remedy that grants salvation and comfort. It will cure you and give you life both in soul and body. For where the soul has recovered, the body also is relieved. The Power of the Sacrament of the Altar Third, how can bodily eating and drinking do such great things? Certainly not just eating and drinking do these things, but the words written here, given and shed for you for the forgiveness of sins. These words, along with the bodily eating and drinking, are the main thing in the sacrament. Whoever believes these words has exactly what they say, forgiveness of sins. Jesus' words make eating a morsel of bread and taking a sip of wine a great and gracious feast, rather than an empty ceremony. Why should we take Jesus at his word? Read Mark 4, verses 35-41. through 41. What does this miracle reveal about the power of Jesus' words? As Christians, we confess that the words of our Lord Jesus do just what they say. What Christ's lips say and speak, so it is. Because these words do what they say, there should be no doubt in my mind that the bread and wine are Jesus' body and blood for my forgiveness. Question 364. How can bodily eating and drinking give us such great spiritual benefits as forgiveness, life, and salvation? It is not simply the eating and drinking, but the words of Christ, together with his body and blood under the bread and the wine, that are the means through which forgiveness is bestowed. Now the only way this treasure is passed along and made our very own is in the words, given and shed for you. For in the words you have both truths, that it is Christ's body and blood, 
and that it is yours as a treasure and gift. Question 365. Does everyone who eats and drinks the sacrament also receive forgiveness of sins, life, and salvation? No. All who eat and drink in the sacrament receives Christ's body and blood, and so are offered the benefits he has promised. But it is only through faith in Christ's words that we receive the benefits offered in our Lord's Testament. Romans 1 verse 17. For in it, the righteousness of God is revealed from faith for faith. As it is written, the righteous shall live by faith. John 20 verse 29. Jesus said to him, Have you believed because you have seen me? Blessed are those who have not seen and yet have believed. Note, in the sacrament, Jesus joins bodily eating and drinking to faith in his promise. This connection between bodily action and faith can also be seen in Jesus' healing miracles, where there is blessing in touching Jesus, or being touched by him, and faith receiving the blessing. See Matthew 9, verses 20-22, and verses 27-29. Question 366. How, then, should we eat and drink the Lord's Supper? We should eat Christ's body and drink his blood confidently believing that he was delivered for our offenses and raised for our justification. Trusting in his saving work, we receive his body and blood, given to us under the bread and wine, as the guarantee of our forgiveness. Romans 4 verses 23 to 25. But the words, it was counted to him, were not written for his sake alone, but for ours also. It will be counted to us who believe in him, who raised him from the dead, Jesus our Lord, who was delivered up for our trespasses and raised for our justification. 1 Corinthians 10 verse 16 The cup of blessing that we bless, is it not a participation in the blood of Christ? The bread that we break, is it not a participation in the body of Christ? 1 Corinthians 11 verse 26 for as often as you eat this bread and drink this cup, you proclaim the Lord's death until he comes. How to receive this sacrament worthily. Fourth, who receives this sacrament worthily? Fasting and bodily preparation are certainly fine outward training, but that person is truly worthy and well prepared who has faith in these words, given and shed for you for the forgiveness of sins. But anyone who does not believe these words or doubts them is unworthy and unprepared. For the words, for you, requires all hearts to believe. The essential way to prepare for the Lord's Supper is to believe Jesus' promise that his body and blood are given and shed for you for the forgiveness of sins. Therefore, consider and read yourself into the word you, so that he may not speak to you in vain. What are some reasons that people might think they should not take communion? Read Matthew 22, verses 1-14. through 14. Notice that Jesus' parable is both a welcome and a warning. Why is it important to be well prepared before we commune? As Christians, we confess that we sinners are worthy to commune because Jesus welcomes sinners who repent of their sins and believe his promises that he gave his life and shed his blood for their forgiveness. How can I prepare for the Lord's Supper so that I receive it as a blessing? Question 367 who receives the sacrament worthily. We receive it worthily when we have faith in Christ and his words, given and shed for you for the forgiveness of sins. Question 368. Why should we be concerned about receiving the sacrament worthily? The sacrament of the altar is not our supper, but the Lord's supper, 
where he gives us his body and blood for the forgiveness of our sins. To eat and drink the Lord's body and blood without trust in his words, however, is to eat and drink judgment on oneself. 1 Corinthians 11, verses 27 and 28. Whoever, therefore, eats the bread or drinks the cup of the Lord in an unworthy manner will be guilty concerning the body and blood of the Lord. Let a person examine himself, then, and so eat of the bread and drink of the cup. Question 369. When are we unworthy and unprepared? We are unworthy and unprepared when we do not believe Christ's words or doubt them, since the words, for you, require all hearts to believe. Question 370. What is fasting and bodily preparation? Fasting is denying oneself food or other pleasures for a particular period of time. Bodily preparation may include proper rest, personal cleanliness, and modest and reverent clothing. These outward expressions of reverence can draw our attention to our Lord and His gifts. However, in themselves, they do not make us worthy and well-prepared to receive the sacrament. 1 Timothy 4 verse 8 For while bodily training is of some value, godliness is of value in every way, as it holds promise for the present life and also for the life to come. Note in Luther's day, the Roman Catholic Church required fasting before allowing someone to commune. This is not required in the Bible, however, although it is often associated with repentance and prayer. Fasting, prayer, and other such things may indeed be outward preparations and discipline, so that the body may keep and bring itself modestly and reverently to receive Christ's body and blood. Yet the body cannot seize and make its own what is given in and with the sacrament. This is done by the faith in the heart, which discerns this treasure and desires it. Question 371. How are we to examine ourselves before receiving the sacrament? We are to examine ourselves in light of God's word to see whether a. We are aware of our sins and are sorry for them. Psalm 38 verse 18. I confess my iniquity. I am sorry for my sin. 2 Corinthians 7 verses 10 and 11. For godly grief produces a repentance that leads to salvation without regret, whereas worldly grief produces death. For see what earnestness this godly grief has produced in you, but also what eagerness to clear yourselves, what indignation, what fear, what longing, what zeal, what punishment. At every point you have proved yourself innocent in the matter. B. We believe in our Savior Jesus Christ and in His words in the sacrament. Luke 22, verses 19 and 20. And he took bread, and when he had given thanks, he broke it, and gave it to them, saying, This is my body which is given for you. Do this in remembrance of me. And likewise the cup after they had eaten, saying, This cup that is poured out for you is the new covenant in my blood. C. We intend, with the help of the Holy Spirit, to live as forgiven sinners resisting the devil, saying no to sinful desires, and walking in the newness of life. Ephesians 4, verses 22 to 24. To put off your old self, which belongs to your former manner of life and is corrupt through deceitful desires, and to be renewed in the spirit of your minds, and to put on the new self, created after the likeness of God in true righteousness and holiness. Romans 6, verses 11 through 14. So you must also consider yourselves dead to sin, and alive to God in Christ Jesus. Let not sin therefore reign in your mortal body, to make you obey its passions. Do not present your members to sin as instruments for unrighteousness, 
but present yourselves to God as those who have been brought from death to life, and your members to God as instruments for righteousness. For sin will have no dominion over you, since you are not under law but under grace. Note, in preparing to come to the sacrament, Christians may also take advantage of the opportunity for individual confession and absolution with the pastor. For personal reflection prior to coming to the sacrament, you may use the Christian questions with their answers in the Catechism. Question 372. May those who are weak or struggling in faith come to the sacrament? Yes. The words, for you, show us that Christ instituted this sacrament for weak and struggling sinners like us, to draw us to himself, and to strengthen our faith in him. Mark 9, verse 24. Immediately the father of the child cried out and said, I believe. Help my unbelief. John 6, verse 37. All that the Father gives me will come to me, and whoever comes to me I will never cast out. Isaiah 42, verse 3. A bruised reed he will not break, and a faintly burning wick he will not quench. He will faithfully bring forth justice. Note. Such people must learn that it is the highest art to know that our sacrament does not depend on our worthiness. On the contrary, we go exactly because we are poor, miserable people. We go exactly because we are unworthy. This is true unless we are talking about someone who desires no grace and absolution, nor intends to change. Question 373. What should I do if I feel no need for the sacrament? Those who feel no need for the sacrament should first put their hand into their shirt to check whether they have flesh and blood. Our own flesh wars against God's spirit. Galatians 5 verses 19 to 21 demonstrating that nothing good dwells in us, Romans 7, verse 18, and that Satan is constantly on the attack as a liar and a murderer, John 8, verse 44. Thus, I should at least believe the scriptures. They will not lie to you, and they know your flesh better than you yourself. Galatians 5, verses 19 to 21. Now the works of the flesh are evident, sexual immorality, impurity, sensuality, idolatry, sorcery, enmity, strife, jealousy, fits of anger, rivalries, dissensions, divisions, envy, drunkenness, orgies, and things like these. I warn you, as I warned you before, that those who do such things will not inherit the kingdom of God. Romans 7 verse 18 For I know that nothing good dwells in me, that is, in my flesh. For I have the desire to do what is right, but not the ability to carry it out. Question 374. Who should not be given the sacrament? The sacrament should not be given to the following. A. Those who are not Christian or who are not baptized. Note. The Lord's Supper is for Jesus' disciples who are baptized and instructed in the Christian faith. See Matthew 26 verse 17 and Matthew 28 verses 19 and 20. B. Those Christians who are unable to examine themselves, such as infants and very young children, people who have not received proper instruction in the Christian faith, or the unconscious. 1 Corinthians 11, verse 28. Let a person examine himself, then, and so eat of the bread and drink of the cup. Note, Luther cautioned about who should receive the Lord's Supper. Just as we have heard about holy baptism, so we must also speak about the other sacrament in these same three points. What is it? What are the benefits? And who is to receive it? 
and all these points are established through the words by which Christ has instituted the sacrament. Everyone who desires to be a Christian and go to the sacrament should know them. For it is not our intention to let people come to the sacrament and administer it to them if they do not know what they seek or why they come. C. Those Christians of a different confession of faith, since the Lord's Supper is a testimony to our unity in faith and doctrine. Acts 2.42 And they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and the fellowship, to the breaking of bread and the prayers. 1 Corinthians 11, verse 26. For as often as you eat this bread and drink the cup, you proclaim the Lord's death until he comes. 1 Corinthians 10, verse 17. Because there is one bread, we who are many are one body, for we all partake of the one bread. Romans 16, verse 17. I appeal to you, brothers, to watch out for those who cause divisions and create obstacles contrary to the doctrine that you have been taught. Avoid them. Ephesians 4, verses 1-4 through 4. Walk in a manner worthy of the calling to which you have been called, with all humility and gentleness, with patience, bearing with one another in love, eager to maintain the unity of the Spirit in the bond of peace. There is one body and one Spirit, just as you were called to the one hope that belongs to your call. Note, the practice of closed communion seeks to guard those who eat and drink in the Lord's Supper from sinning against Christ's body and blood or receiving it to their harm. At the same time, this practice professes that those who partake of Christ's body and blood together are united in the same teaching and confession. We in no way mean to imply, however, that others who truly believe in Jesus as Savior from sin, yet who are not members of an Orthodox Lutheran Church, are not Christian. D. Those who are openly ungodly and unrepentant, living contrary to God's word. 1 Corinthians 5, verses 11 and 13. But now I am writing to you not to associate with anyone who bears the name of brother if he is guilty of sexual immorality or greed, or is an idolater, reviler, drunkard, or swindler, not even to eat with such a one. God judges those outside. Purge the evil person from among you. 1 Corinthians 10, verses 20 and 21. No, I imply that what pagan sacrifice they offer to demons and not to God. I do not want you to be participants with demons. You cannot drink the cup of the Lord and the cup of demons. You cannot partake of the table of the Lord and the table of demons. E. Those who are unforgiving, refusing to be reconciled with their neighbors. Matthew 6, verse 15. But if you do not forgive others their trespasses, neither will your Father forgive your trespasses. Note, when we receive the sacrament, we receive a sure sign of fellowship with Christ and all his saints. Because there is one bread, we who are many are one body, for we all partake of the one bread. 1 Corinthians 10 verse 17. All the spiritual possessions of Christ and his saints become the common property of those who receive the sacrament. Likewise, all the sufferings and sins become common property as well, so that Christians are called to show one another love, which covers a multitude of sins. 1 Peter 4, verse 8. See Luther's treatise, The Blessed Sacrament of the Holy and True Body of Christ and the Brotherhoods. In all these instances, pastors are stewards of the mystery of God. 1 Corinthians 4, verse 1 which includes a sacred responsibility for admission to the Lord's Supper. The individual communicant is to examine himself or herself, 
but this does not relieve the pastor of faithful and loving oversight at the Lord's altar, which includes the examination of those who would commune. The congregation also has a responsibility for upholding faithful communion practices. No one is admitted to the sacrament without first being examined. The people are also advised about the dignity and use of the sacrament, about how it brings great consolation to anxious consciences, so that they too may learn to believe God and to expect and ask from Him all that is good. Thank you for listening to the explanation of our Christian faith as found in Luther's Small Catechism, brought to you by St. Luke's Lutheran Church in Oviedo, Florida. This podcast is from Luther's Small Catechism with Explanation, copyright 1986-2017, copyright 1986 Concordia Publishing House. Used with permission, all rights reserved. Purchase a print copy of Luther's Small Catechism with Explanation. Please contact CPH at 800-325-3040 or visit them at cph.org.